morning. It is morning huddle time. A sense of belonging in a company actually increases job performance by 56%. It's like a lot of times all of that 3D data is there. They've done the work. They've done the engineering. They've done the slopes. They've done all the 3D polylines are already in their file. There's just a huge disconnect between what they do and the builders right now. 13,000 available unfilled construction jobs in this country, 11 million available unfilled jobs overall in this country. One of the great culture things I see in construction is people just get it done. At the end of the day, we've built 100% of the building. There's no 80-20 rule. Think of the technology that has been that has been brought into existence in the last 60 years, and you think of the productivity gains that have, say, occurred in agriculture, which is up 1,750%, or manufacturing, which is up 400%, and construction is flat to negative. This was always supposed to just be a six-episode mini-series. <laughs> Stacey, I want to remind you of that. Good morning. It is morning huddle time. Chad Prinky here as always with co-host, producer, superstar, Stacy Holzinger. Stacy, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. A little slow start, but we finally figured it out. So, so. so you know, I think back, Stacy, to like our first few episodes and um and, and the like the amount of sweat that I would generate when when things weren't going perfectly from a technical standpoint on the front end, and and this is how you know you've done fifty four episodes. Stacy was like, uh, "So should we like send out a message or something?" I'm like, "That'll be all right." <laughs> Not you back <laughs> like thirty episodes ago. No way. Totally no. I was like, "All right." Everybody, yeah, and I'm just like, yeah, everything, everything will be fine. It, it all seems it to work out, and it out. did. And our guest got his tech sorted out because evidently they have the greatest IT team in the world. Uh, but no, we'll we'll switch over. Uh, we'll be introducing uh, uh, Stepan here in a minute. But um, uh, you know, just in general, Stacy, we're we're like, you know, uh, coming up on the halfway point of this season, and it's still in the summer. Um, I think we're going to have some demand uh, to keep this thing going into the fall. I, I don't know what to do. Yeah, it'll be great. So what kind of cool projects have you been up, working on, up with? On my end, I it, we're in like the heat of uh, strategic planning retreat season in, oh, in, okay. in my world, which is a lot of fun. The, the go-getters are having their retreats for 2024 starting in like August rolling through October, November. And then there are some folks that won't do them until, you know, December, January. And those are always um, a crunch, but uh, working on building the, the bridge from where a company is to where a company's trying to go is so much fun. It, it's, it's like, it's the most, it's the most fun that I get to have. Uh, and then, you know, especially with the clients that we've been working with for two years, uh, a year or two years, um, you know, because we're a, we're a young business, so I don't have anybody uh, uh, that I've been continuously working with from before that. Um, but where you can kind of see the progress and talk yeah. about everything that they've accomplished over the past year, a uh, lot of things to be proud of, a lot of lot of awesome uh, stories and things like that. But that's that's where we're where we're spending our time right now. I've got t- a two day retreat this week, two day retreat next week, two day retreat the week, but the, the week after it's, it's pretty much nonstop and it's a lot of fun. And it's usually the executive teams that you're meeting with, or do they get to pull in some of the employees or no? So yeah, that's a really good question. Like uh, uh, usually it's, it's, so if we do a two day, day one will be 
the core sort of, uh, I guess, the people who are going to call the shots on the strategic direction of the business. And then day two, we often do start to bring in, you know, department managers and, and you know, uh, folks who represent a, a broader piece of the company's direction where we kind of present where we think we're going, get feedback and make alterations, which is really cool uh, to make sure that we incorporate everybody's uh, point of view. So that's what we're up to. Uh, thanks for asking. And they usually get to plan it at a fun location, right? Or do usually, people- yeah. Like we're, we, you know, just varying degrees of travel. You know, sometimes we're getting, you know, we're driving out to the eastern shore of Maryland. That's a pretty common uh, angle. Sometimes we go out to the mountains, and you know, in Maryland. And then every, every now and again, you jump on a flight to Bermuda or something. Uh, wow. And those are cool too. Those are good. The, the numbers better be good from the yeah, right for those trips. That's yeah. awesome. So I'm going to bring on our guest today, uh, Stepan Mikulic. Stepan, did I get it right? You got it right. You got it right, Chad. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. Thank you. Well, we appreciate you joining us from uh, Copenhagen. Exactly. Exactly. And uh, good morning and good afternoon to everybody listening, if they're live or even listening afterwards. Uh, hello to everybody. And uh, before we get started with anything, I just want to say thank you so much for this understanding and for your professionalism. As you said, you're a young business. But I think that your pure professionalism, it just makes it so easy to figure through through these uh, hurdles, you know. So so thank you so much for that. And uh, yeah, I'm excited uh, to be here. Thank you. That's very kind of you to say. I was I was looking at the at the expression on your face as you were working through your technical issues <laughs> more and more serious. And I thought the last thing this awesome guy needs is for me to make him feel worse right now. It's all good. Everything will be uh, just fine. Stacy was like, what will we do if he doesn't show? I'm like, we will talk about AI. She was like, oh my God, I'm not prepared to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Um, so, 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 I, I am confident that we're going to have a really interesting discussion today. Uh, hopeful that we have great uh, questions that come in from our audience. I'm going to jump in and get right to it, Stacy. Yeah. Um, uh, if you wouldn't uh, mind, make sure that we have a, a vibrant uh, LinkedIn discussion live here with that audience, and we'll uh, we'll pull some audience questions at the end. All right, sounds good. See you in a bit. Yeah. All right. So so uh, I think the fir- first things first. It would be helpful if you gave us um, some some background on you. Who are you? What do you do? Um, and, and, you know, uh, maybe as it relates to artificial intelligence, where are you in that journey? How did you get involved? And, and you know, all that type of stuff. So big picture, take a few minutes and, and, and help us understand context for who you are. Sure. Thank you so much. Unfortunately, I haven't written my last name here, but uh, even if I had, I, I bet it would be as hard as, uh, to pronounce as my Is it, It's Mikulic. It's Mikulic, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I guess for people who want to connect either even either now or later on, uh, it is possible to probably see it through LinkedIn. Uh, I guess the link would work. Uh, but in any, any case, uh, for my name is Stepan, uh, which Chad pronounced so nicely. Uh, but for those of you who have troubles with that, you can just say Stefan or a version of that. It's completely fine. Um, as you can see, I'm here in Copenhagen. I'm at, I work at Bjarke Ingels Group, or BIG, uh, which is a quite known, uh, well-known architectural company in the world. Um, and I'm, I'm in our current office in Copenhagen uh, with some nice uh, models behind me, as you can see. Um, and we are moving to a new office soon. Uh, so this is like, uh, I guess, a really good point to have this podcast, especially with, with uh, the video on. So you can kind of remember, or I can remember later on how, how it looks like. Um, but regarding AI and then how it all got started, so I work here as a project BIM lead 
Um, so you can say that BIM and the data as a whole and the uh, like design technology as a whole is very, very connected with AI. Um, or at least it, I mean, because most of these AI models are based on data. Um, so my personal journey into that, uh, yeah, thank you so much for sharing. Uh, but yeah, my personal journey into AI uh, started um, like not, not so long ago, actually. It started um, probably late last year uh, with the advent of all these new tools, meaning the chat GPT and mid-journey craze that happened all around. And I just like, I mean, I, I don't know uh, that much in detail about the broader world, but I knew that I have some really cool insights for the AEC. And I wanted to create, um, I wanted to sort through the noise because my LinkedIn was bombarded by all these news, all, all these uh, tools show, showcasing how your life is going to change, your work is going to change, uh, whatnot. And I wanted to sort through the noise and see what is actually uh, worthwhile and what is actually going to make a big difference. Uh, fast forwarding a, a few months, I already have like some, some uh, you can say a following or like some, some work on my LinkedIn, which I guess is what you also recognized and invited me here. So yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, we were doing, we, so, so funny enough, uh, we were doing just the same and trying to cut through the noise on mm -hmm. um, the people who were talking about AI and, um, and looking for um, really to be candid, people who don't have a... Uh, a, a horse in the race financially who, who aren't uh, who, right. Who aren't uh, trying to uh, push a specific tool or a specific concept, you know, uh, uh, too hard, uh, particularly not, there's anything wrong with that, but we, we really just wanted to find an educational, um, mm. you know, uh, guest, somebody who could come on and truly just give us the lay of the land. And so I'm excited uh, to have you here because I think you went on on a similar journey for your own reasons of like, I want to I want to help people to cut through the noise. And and you do have a fantastic uh, LinkedIn following. Um, and thank you. Uh, thank you. <laughs> yeah, you've done a, you've done a wonderful job. Uh, and, and I think been able to bring a lot of order to the chaos. So so I'm going to I'm going to dive in there and, and I, I want to start off with the with the. Um, obligatory like what's your what are your favorite tools what are the tools that you uh -huh. think from an artificial intelligence standpoint are uh have the most promise and um and maybe the most uh immediate impact in the industry that's a really good question chad um i mean i was uh, like it's hard to say so maybe like uh i want to take a bit of a step back because then i can explain my answer a bit more clearly mm -hmm. um because what i've what i see happening right now in the industry is that i mean you can you, based on my work all of this research um i made an open notion page for those that maybe are, aren't familiar with it but it's an open notion page that lists more than 350 AI tools and resources that anybody can access at any point. It's open out there in the, on the internet. Um, so you can find it through my profile. You, it's probably shared and, and so on. Uh, so, so, I mean, if you choose, to, <laughs> if you ask me to choose a single tool out of 350, <laughs> it would be very unfair to my, most of them. You know? Are these 350 that you like or are these just 350? <laughs> So, so let's put it like this. I started uh, as you, like <laughs> these are just three hundred fifty. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if I went after what I like, I would probably have a much more narrow list, and I, I can also explain why. Uh, the thing is that a lot of these tools are based on some other tools, 
a lot of these tools have just gotten okay there's an ai craze we can make quick bucks you know so let's just go go ahead and do it so i also try to be skeptical about this even though people maybe like our, ourselves that can get uh, that are kind of tech tech people that are very interested in, in what's going on we can maybe get over hyped about something yeah that doesn't stick so i always try to have this kind of good doses of uh skepticism when it, when it, when it evolved and uh, see w- what is actually worth it. So coming back to, to, to your initial question about what I would maybe choose as my favorite one, um, I don't necessarily have a <laughs> favorite one, but I think that there are, are a few ones uh, that are very well playing the game right now. Because what's happening right now, you have either um, AI assistant tools, you have AI master builder tools, and then you have um, kind of a bit of both that are one foot in BIM in current processes and one foot in AI. And if I would choose my favorites at current stage, I would go for this uh, last p- part, meaning that these that have one foot in BIM and one foot in AI, just because of how easy they can get started, like how you can easily start working with them and incorporate them into your business processes. That's great. So uh, give us an example of that in action. Uh, and then, and I'm going to actually want to, in a, in a moment after you describe that, I'm going to want you to step back and talk about the whole picture. Mm-hmm. Like what are the master builder tools? You know, what, just oh. help us to understand the differences between each of these, but, but I uh, walk us through an example of uh, one foot in BIM, one foot in AI uh, and, and how that plays out in, in, you know, in reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and before I say anything, I'm, I'm going to answer your questions. But before I say anything, I just want to uh, say that I'm not sponsored by any tool. So this is all independent thought. Uh, so it's all my own research, my own opinion. Uh, I could be wrong. <laughs> and also just for legal reasons, I'm not representing big at this uh, moment. So I'm saying this for my own kind of uh, f- from my own perspective. Uh, it's not necessarily our strategy, but just to say that out there. Uh, yeah. To make it clear. That's, um, that's a smart thing to do. I, I, yeah. I- that. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to, uh, we, we can start with those that are playing one foot in BIM or one foot in current processes or one foot in the future. Uh, first thing that comes to mind is uh, Adobe Firefly. This okay. is a, uh, an AI tool that is already integrated within Adobe software, uh, namely Photoshop. I also believe, I'm not sure, InDesign, but if not, they're probably going to do that. But it's an AI tool that you can basically put a text prompt what it would do to your image that you're working on and then it just changes it according to that so it's part of an image generation tool like midjourney that we all have probably heard about but it's very integrated so that's what that's what i mean when i say tools that are half here half there because of their they're so easy to, to get to and work with another another kind of you can say set of tools are uh, probably Evolve Labs, uh, that's a company, uh, Veras, or maybe even Glyph, even, even though I'm not sure about the specific of, of, of some of these uh, tools that they have. But if we take Veras as an, as an example, uh, or Veras, I guess it, it would be uh, pronounced <laughs> correctly. But this is a tool. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. No, we, we appreciate it. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're no, no, no. I, I, I know that when I usually listen to podcasts and then these names... Oh, what, what, you're always ah. Can 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 they make it more clear? So that's why I repeat some names a few times. I that's hope it's not. Yeah, not at all. Too, it's great. Keep going. Yeah. Okay. 
Um, so anyway, I, I wanted to talk about this tool because like they integrate with our current Revit models. So I mean Revit, mm -hmm. which is used by the majority of our industry, right? Yeah. Um, so they integrate with current Revit models and they offer some really amazing renderings that you can use with AI in like in, in seconds you can get it. Um, so what, so this what is happens? Give me the, uh, you know, s s pre uh, pretend like I, I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, right? Okay. And describe it, and describe it at that sort of core level. I've got, I've got a Revit model, which mm -hmm. will take a short, short version of that is this is a three D, um, you know, model that shows every aspect of the building layer by layer, mm -hmm. and uh, you know, it it is really, you know, I don't know if it's the tool, but certainly, like you said, one of the most recognizable tools for BIM. Mm -hmm. So let's start there. Um, how does what you're talking? How does AI plug into that in a, in layman's terms? What happens? in layman's terms? Um, so the, uh, do, do it mean Vera specifically? Yeah, or do sure. you mean okay? Because I also want to say I am doing a, probably a nice favor to Evolve Lab and for like talking about, but it, it's it's a really good software, so I don't mind. But it's also probably maybe unfair to some of uh, the tools that are also integrated that we just haven't mentioned. Um, so, but yeah, just to be politically correct. <laughs> uh, but how it works is basically that you uh, make a perspective or like a camera uh, image of your model, or you make a facade, but it's it's basically still image that then converts through an AI engine into something that you can choose from if it's in a autumn or if it's in summertime or whatever it is like this AI image backgrounds basically with nice shading, nice renders and so on. Nice. So this is so it, as takes, far as it takes something if I can, if I can take it and sure. make sure I understand it, it takes something uh, that is highly technical and mm -hmm. used for the, uh, you know, for, for the purpose of um, specification design and, and, you know, it, uh, uh, demonstrating what uh, specifically what you know size and models and or, I'm sorry uh, uh, um, equipment and things like that are in the building and it says uh, hey we can turn this into something that's beautiful and and, and can be used as a rendering as well uh, so you know here you're doing all your hard technical work and we're going to make it also look beautiful for you exactly exactly nice. you nailed it you nailed it Excellent. I no, would also, you, you, descri you described it well, so that's good. But I just want to make sure I'm following, man. This is that it's, you're, you're it's, following. It's a lot. You're following. It's yeah, a lot. It, it is a lot. It is a lot. And I know that um, may, maybe I can also mention this because we we did open the topic of like how the uh, how the how do you say a layout of these all of these tools. How does the geography look like? Meaning uh, the tools that I mentioned, they are either assistant tools, master builder, or this one foot in one. You know. Yeah. So, let's talk about let, that. Yeah, let me just explain that. What I, I mean, this is my understanding of how the things look. So I would say that uh, assistant tools are tools that connect to your current processes and just make it either faster, safer, cheaper, or in a better way that you haven't imagined. Um, so this can mean, for example, your design iteration, where you just want to have a bunch of designs. This is just what we talked about, having an image generation tool that can quickly create a, a bunch of designs based on some text prompt that you put in. These are tools like Delhi 2 or Midjourney, mostly used uh, currently. 
So these are assistant tools, I call them. They, they can also be tools like, for example, uh, Sparkle. I think it's Sparkle with a K. Um, and uh, KEL, yeah, Sparkle. Uh, for example, that tool, uh, can you can chat with your data, basically. So mm. it does take the BIM model, but you can basically ask it, okay, how many columns do I have on third floor? Yeah, and exactly. You, it's you know, awesome. You can, yeah, yeah. Because what, what, what is happening right now is, that, is a boom in uh, large language models in yeah. AI, so meaning ChatGPT and so on, but they are not still super familiar to work with BIM data, which is yep. basically tied to geometry. Yep. So Sparkle is one of the tools that is kind so of working so, on both So points. getting getting geometry turned into words is exactly. the, that that's that's the AI, and and then what that enables uh, someone to do is uh, save a whole bunch of time counting and eliminating human error counting. Uh, and instead saying how many columns are on the third floor, okay, six columns, and what's the average width of these columns, right? Mm -hmm. or, or, you know, are they all yeah. the same width uh, yeah. is a really simple, you know, way of identifying that. They're the yeah, same. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Awesome. But let me come back for a second, uh, because I want to be fair to all of the uh, <laughs> developers of all the other tools, but also to people if they're listening and if they're working either in the real estate or in construction, because there are tools for Basically, any sphere you can imagine, there are most likely tools for this. Yep. Uh, so coming back to the assistant tools, I explained this. And the second thing that I would mention are the master builder tools. Um, these tools are basically an all-in-one where you just put a, a kind of a text prompt or you put uh, maybe so a video of something and then that turns into a BIM model. Wow. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff out there. There's a lot of cool stuff out there. Um, and last, lastly, are the tools that are kind of one foot in, one foot out, um, or you know, playing on both fields simultaneously. Better, better said. So, uh, so are you literally telling me that, like, with these master builder tools, theoretically, I could say, you know, design me a sixty-five thousand square foot uh, corporate office complex with four stories, uh, you know, combination of uh, you know, steel and concrete, uh, you know, lots of glass glazing, you know, like all that kind of stuff, and it'll. And it'll spit out a BIM model that matches what I just described. Exactly. Just take wow. a look at Hypar. Take a look at Hypar. Take a look at Swap. Those are kind of maybe the most prime tools in this. Uh, what I what I would call maybe master builder or on that way. So there are many possibilities out there. I I, I do need to say this that currently, maybe people listening are, are just got a bit of I don't know, say afraid, but like, oh, I'm going to do it with my job. It's going to change the industry. I I have no doubt it's going to change the industry. Yeah. Uh, but I do need to say that 90% uh, of the tools out there right now are these assistant tools. So they fall in the first category. And then maybe 10% are these or maybe even less because of these other tools that are kind of playing both fields. But then the rest is basically master builder. So there's not many of them. They're mostly very early in their design or development stages, but there are, are out there. Yeah. That's awesome. I, I you know... I, I'll, I'll use this as a quick moment to get on a soapbox that I love to stand on for less than 20 seconds. Time me start now. Um, I, I think progress is, um, essential and people who fear progress will be eaten alive by said progress mm -hmm. and people who embrace progress, um, will find ways to use progress to actually push them further in the, in, in, in the, uh, I think overall the market thrives as we find ways to do things 
more efficiently, uh, different, smarter, better. And uh, just because certain things have diminished the importance of your role today doesn't mean you're not going to have a job. It means that your job gets to be different and potentially maybe better than it was in the past. So there, there's my, there's my soapbox regarding, um, you know, no, most things in progress, though AI does have some interesting ethical stuff going on that, that is, um, you know, regarding, regarding copyright infringement and, and, um, you know, that, that, that adds a layer of stuff that I'm, I don't, I wouldn't put, categorize as progress as much as I would categorize as ripping off. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But, yeah, but, yeah. 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 That notwithstanding. Uh, uh, so anyway, uh, all right. That, that was a really helpful rundown of the landscape in terms of the, you know, the different types of tools uh, that, yeah. that are going on out there. Um, a lot of our audience are contractors. So I know that you operate in the design and, uh, you know, in the design community. Uh, are, are you coming across any AI tech that, you know, contractors, you believe should begin familiarizing themselves with uh, for the sake of their businesses? Mm -hmm. I do. Um, so I would say like this. So first of all, I made a post actually a few weeks ago that uh, for specifics of most some of these tools, uh, because I called them uh, AI tools for construction. So meaning the contractors listening to it, you can probably scroll on my LinkedIn and find this post and uh, showing showcasing some tools. Mm -hmm. But just to, to say it in general, um, how most of these tools work, they can help you make a safer uh, construction site. They can help you save some resources uh, on time, and they can just uh, make it uh, much more. Your, they can make your work much more uh, quality, like of higher quality, by checking some of the collisions that you, for for example, didn't check. Um, so when, I would you say say, when you say collisions, you mean, you mean, uh, coordination collisions. issues. Exactly. Yeah. Coordination yeah, yeah. issues. Yeah. Because usually like how it works, uh, is that you, you can check and then, but you have a human behind checking and going through and, uh, yeah. thinking, ah, oh, is this important? This is not important and so on. But you do have some AI tools that they can check this automatically, go through the whole building and see if there are like major issues, if they can fix it immediately or not. Um, so I would say that. In general, uh, when it comes to construction part uh, of, of, of that, um, there are many tools that can check the BIM model against the as-built data, for example. Immerso, I think this is one of the, uh, it's called iMerso. Um, it's one of the big tools there. Uh, but there are also tools that, I mean, use sensors or drones that can then turn, a, for example, a point cloud into a BIM model, or they can... Uh, uh, how, how do you call it? Uh, work with sensors to give you more qualitative data uh, back in the BIM model. So it's kind of back and forth, uh, BIM and construction. Yeah, yeah, that makes total sense. And I, I think one of the opportunities I, how should I put this? If we're going to capitalize on the opportunities presented by uh, the broad embrace of BIM, and the introduction of artificial intelligence as an assistant tool or, or more in the BIM environment is the necessity of human communication to make sure that we capitalize on that information and we, and, and we do something with it. Mm. Um, and, and I think that's where the contractor comes in. I think the contractor 
where, where the contractor has to show up is in identifying what you have designed there doesn't have coordination issues, but it actually can't be built that way. And let me tell you why. And, you know, uh, this is the material that you're actually going to have to use in that environment. And I know mm. that from personal experience and here's this. And, that. and so um, I think all of this meshes really nicely with um, alternative and, 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 and more progressive delivery methods like, um, you know, design build and, and it, it, you know, IPD de, you know, delivery methods and things like that um, mm. to get the most out of what technology is feeding into our business. What, what's your thought on all that? So I would say like this, that I think that the biggest change that's going to ha- like that AI tools currently have are, are in these uh, phases of design and uh, I mean design technology so basically design all up to construction yep. so if if there's a contractor out there maybe thinking ah it's gonna make my concrete cheaper it's, it probably won't make it cheaper <laughs> as of now I mean at least to my knowledge but if it's gonna make you save a lot of time on BIM resources and uh, uh, like communicating as exactly what, what you mentioned communication of data between design and construction Definitely. I think there are some very promising tools out there. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about um, takeoffs, right? By, by ah, exactly. By, yeah. You know, for, a, for a contractor, how many hours and hours are spent doing takeoffs mm. that we could, uh, you know, give AI a, a pretty complex uh, go find me these things. Yeah. Uh, but that I mean, if I can, a... if I can just sorry for jumping in, but this is you, you opened. A, uh, I would say a bit of a pain point for me because I I work with BIM here, and for years now in the industry, it's like we always do such detailed BIM models, and then what happens is that we either turn it back to, into Excel or AutoCAD, and then people <laughs> are like, "Yeah, let me yeah. just see. This is a line times this much," and I get. I'm like. Man, you have it all there. It's Just sitting like... right there. <laughs> exactly. But we exactly. use the tools we know what to do with. We don't know. We don't know how to how to do something with the tool. And so again, that's where I think you know maybe there are some AI tools that can come in to help to bridge that gap and 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 uh, make make the BIM model more functional for for the average contractor for the typical contractor. Functional and usable, like you can use it better. Meaning yeah. that you have the data there. So you just have maybe a tool that, that makes it easier for you to communicate with that data. Yep. Yep. I love it. That's great. All right. We're, we're, uh, we started a little late, so we're not super over on time, but we are a little over uh-huh. on, uh, on, on the normal uh, sort of uh, Q&A period. I'm going to bring Stacy in. Uh-huh. Uh, Stacy, what do we have? What kind of questions uh, do you want to channel in to uh, Stefan? Yeah, I have a quick question on the example that you gave. So you were saying how... Um, some of the software, you can tell it to put materials like steel, concrete, and then it shoots out like a commercial building. Mm-hmm. I, I know I use AI in the writing world for copywriting. So in the construction world, when it's shooting out this model, is it a really rough draft? Like you have to go in there and actually edit it to make sure that there's no clash detections. Like it's just super in the rough phases. So you're saving a lot of time, but you're still going in there and making all those tweaks to make sure it meets the specs and all that. Is that how? Uh, The short answer is yes. Okay. You're right. You're completely right. And the long answer is, I do believe that these tools that are like, you say, master builder that you can just put in a bunch of variables that shoots out the building. Um, are still very early. 
they're yeah. like so that, that I don't want to scare people off, uh, but I, I, I like they're still very early and they're focusing maybe on some of the simplest examples of buildings or just maybe a right. cube or, you know, a rectangle, basically, you know, um, whereas I actually had a talk with a bunch of my colleagues here that for a geometry, maybe like something here that you can see on the screen with like a bunch of levels, curves and what it, what, whatnot. Uh, there are still not AI tools that can cover such buildings, such architecture. Yep. So, or, yeah. Um, one, one, I'm sorry, Stacy, real quick. Yeah, yeah. One question that I, I saw come in earlier that I want to make sure we get kind of channeled out. It's really, really, um, I think, uh, close to home for a lot of design uh, folks who may be uh, part of our uh, audience. Some of the tools uh, out there are, are cutting the need of the junior designer. How will how will junior designers become senior designers mm -hmm. if they don't have this kind of um, proving ground of the basics that that uh, you know that they um, that AI now is doing for us? What will that in some way slow progress? How does that happen? And of course, this is you know like a big scary question. You might say I I pass. <laughs> you know, like, but it's a but it's a uh, but it's it's you know it's a, it's a really interesting one. Jumped out to me. Yeah, so I would say that I mean how how to <laughs> ensure that we still have the quality buildings and and not not like skip this role completely. I would say that we're good. We're still good for a few years. The reason why I say that is that any AI tool that you might use, uh, or most of them, you would need to ch check the results that you get. So they are still not, you know, it still need, there needs to be a human check. Yeah. Uh, it's the same as you're you're driving your self-driving car right now. It still asks you to keep your hands on the wheel. Right. You know, yeah. just in case. Um, so I mean. I don't have a clear answer. I mean, if I had a clear answer, you know, probably like the whole industry would be like, okay, fine, we're going to listen to Stepan, you know. But <laughs> I mean, um, I do think that the technical knowledge, the technical like fundamental knowledge that you get usually in university and then through working as a junior designer, as you said, um, will get even more important in the future. Um, so, you know, not to rush from the basics. Um, but then, on the other hand, when if you if you look at an, uh, at the IT industry, which in terms of technology is quite you know further away than the AC sphere, like how did they solve the need of a junior programmer? You still have junior programmers; they just pick up where the old junior programmers left. So, meaning maybe they don't know how to make a program from uh, scratch. But they, knew, they do know how to work with the basics. So there's still going to be a need for that. And I don't think that at least in the next five or maybe even 10, but at least five years, there's not going to be like a big switch. Okay, all junior designers go away. I think it highlights, to my, to my mind, it highlights the extent to which uh, organizations are over-reliant on on-the-job training. Mm -hmm. And um, with this thought that like, the way to go from a junior person to a senior person is specifically through on the job experience. I think, you know, a part of, a part of what uh, occurs to me is the importance of comprehensive training and, you know, training programs to give people experience in a controlled environment mm -hmm. that maybe they're not getting as much in their uh, on quote unquote on the job environment. Uh, but but that, you know, um, can be in a lot of ways more effective because it's um, deep work. It's very targeted, right. specific work. 
to help people to get better at very specific targeted things, as opposed to what your current role as a junior is maybe, you know, 80% admin and 20% deep work. So yeah. anyway, just something to, to, something else to counterbalance that. Uh, Stacy, what other questions do we have? I know they keep rolling in. Yeah. Um, so Scott Wilson, any thoughts on open space using for progress photos as, as built? Using for progress and as built. Using open, space, open I mean, space for progress photos and as built. Now, I mean, if there's a specific open space, I would uh, maybe a clarification of what is meant by open space. Is it meant by a tool that's called open space? Yeah, my, open bet, space? my bet is it's a tool. It's capitalized O and S, right? So yeah, um, uh, that that's my bet is that there's open space AI or something like that. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I can, reality capture and construction site capture. I'm checking it out actually right now. It's um, so the answer uh -huh. is it's not something that Stepan's familiar with. Or maybe like uh, I need to be on, uh, like I need to be fair here. Like, you know how it is. Like, if you ask me uh, what I had for lunch yesterday, I would probably hardly remember. It's the same when you go through 350 tools. Like right. if there's one specific one. OK, just to remember, you know. <laughs> Totally. So, yeah, even though I had a bit of, I mean, preparation, I went through my material just to, you know, refresh some things. Um, I do like to take like more of a general role, speaking about like how, how things are, because I still think that there's a lot of, you know, if I fo focus too much energy on one single tool, and this may be a good advice on for some of the people just getting into this, if you focus too much energy on a single tool, that maybe not be there in three months time or six months time, then you are kind of, you kind of wasted this energy. I'm not talking about open spaces specifically here, but just in general. So, uh, yeah. 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 And I saw a comment come in from Marcus. So it looks like he has some experience with open space. So hopefully you and Scott can connect there on that. Uh -huh. um, okay. We also had another question. Um, from Pritnam, I want to know if there's any AI tools to suggest mechanical system designs needed as per space and the space entities we have provided in Revit. Mm -hmm. as, as far as my memory serves me, uh, there's actually not that many tools for MEP design. Uh, the one tool that really pops out as maybe one of these master builder, or at least there, is Augmenta. Um, they have also like a really good team behind them. Uh, and they have like an electrical design based on your building there. They want to have like a automated building design basically, but they have a, like a building, uh, like, I mean, you, you can have electricity ways put in uh, based on your use, use space. But one thing that uh, I also want to mention, I know our main topic is AI. But if, if it's mainly for Revit, uh, for, to answer Pritam here, um, I would maybe suggest looking into MagicCAD. I don't know if uh, the your, your guys are familiar with this, but I do know that um, maybe are some, sometimes even though we say AI, we think this is going to change. There are a bunch of other tools that also are propping out that are not necessarily AI-based yet, but they can help you in many automated ways. So this is why I'm mentioning MagicCAD here. Awesome. Okay. Um, let's get to this last question. Are there any AI tools when working with point cloud systems from PJ? Oh yeah, definitely a bunch. And I think this is one of the spheres that I'm most uh, kind of excited about. Um, I think one, one tool that pops into my mind is Orivus or AUR, I guess. I mean, 
what I would do, I would open this Notion page. I would just put point cloud because what I did make sure for all of these tools to have a description and then you can search for point cloud and it's going to give you probably like six, seven, maybe even 15 tools that work with point clouds. Um, so when working with point clouds, you have options of uh, like it depends how it works, but you have options of scanning your building site. And then it can tell you, okay, this is what, what, what it's coming. What, what, so you can expect some issues or you can see how it's going to be. You have options of turning video into BIM, as I mentioned earlier. Um, you have options of like just filming this point cloud based on images, based on drone data, based on videos, and turning this into an easier point cloud for you. So there, there's, there's a lot. I mean, a lot. There are a few that are very impactful, I would say. Nice. Awesome. All right. Good. Uh, Stacy. anything else? No, we could go on and on about this topic. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, we we'll didn't have to get... have you back again in like, I don't know, six months to a year to see, you know, the developments of these softwares and where they're headed. And, you know, it just happens so quickly. So many changes. Yeah. Totally agree. Uh, yeah. I would just mention one thing before we, we, we close out. Um, so, so. First of all, thank you so much for the invitation, and I'm more than up for doing this again, hopefully without the technical issues that we had for the first few kind minutes. <laughs> Tricks happen, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I did, do want to mention that I have been getting such so, so much positive feedback on LinkedIn, uh, including from you guys, but also from many others that have been reaching out and wanting to hear more about this. So if there's anyone, individual or company, that would like to hear more, I, I am open for collaboration, meaning just reach out. Uh, we can probably arrange something either for your internal purposes or just as an interest to share some experience. Because my main premise here is that the more we share, the more we're open about this, the more we're going to learn from each other and go through this big change together. Mm -hmm. Love it. That's extremely kind of you. And, and it does it does beg one. I'm sorry, I have to ask this one last question just because um, it, it fascinates me uh, when people get on these journeys like you've been on of providing just massive amounts of free value to, to the people around you. Aside from just being like a wonderful human being, what, 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 are, what are your goals? What are, what are some of the things that you're trying to personally accomplish? Oh, man. Uh, so I, I, I'll, I'll go maybe a step back before I answer this. I'll try to be short. Um, so I, I started doing all this because I... I felt a calling for this. It might sound funny, but I really did. Like it would happen last year. Uh, I, I should do something. I should share all of this knowledge that I, you know, because, because you know, sharing is caring. And uh, like, it's just been overwhelmingly positive what's been happening after I started doing this, you know. Of course, not every post hits, you know, the most amazing, but it's also like, you know, it depends what you want to do. Um, so I do have a, like a, we can say a plan for all of this, but I, I do also let some things, you know, I also always leave a bit of space for things that pop in and can happen and can change your course. Uh, so things change. So um, in short, I do have, um, I mean, just because of all this knowledge is, is, is kind of, you can see that people value it. And, and I, I feel that I'm one guy and it's kind of hard to scale it. I will try to do something to scale it, uh, maybe in like a course of a sort. Or, or, or something, so maybe people can learn more about this and be ready for this big change that, that I said. So um, if I had an advice for anybody who is studying and maybe thinking and, and maybe like look, look, uh, thinking about their job, I would say like look at uh, the tools that are closest to you and look at your, your edge and what, how you can contribute to the, to the industry. Because I do think that the industry needs 
needs change and it needs and the change happens with people first yeah awesome well said all right thank you well well we uh really appreciate you joining us sharing your knowledge uh and uh agreed a, a year from now this landscape is going to have uh changed dramatically I, I love that about the um emerging technology mm. uh, sphere and uh we'll definitely have you back on for an update uh and we'll and we'll be seeing your new office in the background simultaneously yeah definitely and guys listen uh if you ever come to Copenhagen, I mean, when you come to Copenhagen, please do reach out. I, I would like to show you about the, uh, around the office and uh, tell you a bit more about the projects and what we do. So, yeah, I, I think that's also it's, very interesting. It's been a long time, but I could I could use a repeat trip. It's uh, I, I, I do love Copenhagen. It's a beautiful, beautiful city. Yeah, it's it's an amazing city. And it's also changed in the last 10 years with all the architectural wonders. Like oh it's, it's, it's very, yeah. very nice. Really? So, yeah. Yep. I've yeah. Been, I, that I've only seen online. But uh, mm. I, I've got to I've got to come back and check it out. All right, yeah. thank you so much, Stacy. Let's uh, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here to wrap things up. Um, yep. So uh, f first, uh, next week's show we've got um, episode number fifty-five. We're having Dave Rosenbluth join us to talk about uh, PPE design for women, which is um, you know a topic that we've been learning more about uh, you and I, well, I have, I've, you've probably known all about it for a long time, but, but I've been learning about uh, through our work with uh, past guests. And I look forward to having uh, Dave on to walk us through uh, what he's doing and, and uh, why. Uh, and and, and the there's going to be a 20% code. So off, if you watch the episode, he'll give you the code. So it's worth a listen um, because if you have any female um, employees that are in the field. He has tons of different things he's going to go over and you can get a discount. So um, definitely tune in for that. Sweet. All right. Yeah. Good. Uh, and then uh, as always, you know, email us to be added to our weekly mailing list. Uh, Stacy H at steeltocom.com. Uh, help us to, uh, uh, you know, keep you informed on every show and, and provide show notes uh, like we'd have today from Stepan with a link to his Notion page and, uh, and to his personal yeah. uh, page, you know, all, all the research that he's doing. And uh, do make sure that you're following him on LinkedIn. Uh, it'll be a very worthwhile uh, thing to do. So I yeah. think that does it for us. Stacy. anything else I'm missing? Nope, we're good to go for next week. All right, awesome. Thanks, everyone. Uh, all right, thank we'll, you. we'll see you next week. Thanks. See ya.